Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode and just me talking about some things I've been thinking about for a while. This is actually accompanied by a blog post on athletictrainingchat.com. Uh, so if you want to go check that out, it has a little more in-depth on it. But the topic we are talking about today is athletic training services versus athletic training servants. This is a conversation I've had with a bunch of people lately and just kind of reframing the context of how we do our jobs in the collegiate setting and how that looks. So we will save more of that for the actual episode. As always, we are powered by Mueller Sports Medicine. We've had a lot of great things with them come out recently on the podcast. Uh, last episode, number 29, John Kerr, who is the president. Um, really interesting story on how he got to where he is. A lot of good information out of that. The one before, Richard Avis, the mad scientist of athletic training, talking about recoil, uh, the uh, duct tape of the athletic training profession. Uh, check out that video for sure. That one's got some really unique applications you might find useful. With that, enjoy the episode. topic of the blog post associated with this is called athletic training services not athletic training servants and this is one um, that I've run into more so in my career and it's taken me a while to get to the point where I've actually acknowledged um, that we can't really just say yes to everything uh, that's changed for me a lot over the last couple of years going from a young single guy who really didn't have much else going on in life so the hours weren't a big deal um, changes with getting married wanting to start a family all these different things play a role in that and all of a sudden realizing that some of the hours that were being put in are unsustainable in the long run and really that was kind of the change but there's also a lot of times that came up where just individual things made me wonder like well what are we truly classified as and how do we think of ourselves and that's where the services versus servants idea came in and i've had this conversation with a lot of people and especially with the change in um the idea of getting to a medical model um opens us up quite a bit more and the underlying premise of a lot of this is we don't necessarily work for the coaches and in a lot of instances we should definitely not as we've seen some of the things come out on espn and different things uh with challenges to medical decisions hiring and firing of athletic trainers and some of the other things that have come out more recently but really when we look at it, if we are classifying ourselves as athletic training services or sports medicine services or things like that, we have to take a look at that. When you go about to any other service profession, people are reaching out to them, asking when they are available and when they can come and help provide that service. And while I still think we are great at being a team player and we should be a team player, I'm not advocating for going completely the other way i think that is something that's thoroughly ingrained in all of us and that we want to be there we have to find that happy medium or else it's going to continue to just run people into the ground um, but again so if we're services shouldn't we be asked about providing 
care and coverage and the things and be included in that process. And I think that's a really important thing. Um, same thing with just general interactions. I open it up with just giving an example of people coming in and demanding things get done as if we work directly for them, whether it's a student athlete, whether it's a coach or whatever it may be, um, coming in and trying to dictate exactly what we're trying to do in our job. And again, I don't know that that is necessarily how it would work for almost any other profession. This is a really crude example, but if I am being blunt about it, if I call for a plumber to come provide a service to fix something, I am going to be the last person to tell them how to do their job or how to get it done. I may have some ideas and I'm open to that just from knowing my house and things better than they might or requests or questions in terms of, you know, is this even feasible? Absolutely. And I think that's part of the thing, but I am not going to tell them how to get it done in the way that I think is best because if I, that was the case, I'd probably screw it up myself and not have called them. Um, so really, I think adopting a little bit more of a mindset of that it isn't just a do as I say thing from whether it's a coach, an administrator, or an athlete. We, we have to be keep in mind what we're there for and have pride in that and have confidence in that when we are looking at those different things. And so really to kind of summarize up some of the end of it, and again, there's a little bit more detail in the blog post, and I'll just give a quick overview here, is there's some things we can do to help work to that. And I will be the first to say none of these are easy. I disclaimer it that it took me years to A, just figure this out for myself, but B, to establish the relationships in the current role to get understanding, definitely at the administrative level, um, still always constantly trying to educate and work on the coach's level. Um, but some of the ideas to help is, you know, we've worked to being asked and included in the process of a change that's occurring instead of being told. We get input on the front end. It's really beneficial. makes us feel part of the process. We actually are heard. Um, and that's, at even if it doesn't work out exactly how we want it to, we at least got to have a say in it, and it wasn't just a do as I say. Um, and that was, that's been really good and continued to help. And again, we are flexible, and we do what we can to be a part of all the changes because we get that it happens in athletics. But still, having the ability to just sit there and be like, that's not feasible for us. Can we look at another option? And that's been really good. We don't work for the coaches. We work with them. I think that's huge. It's a one-word difference, really just a one-letter difference in the length of the word, but makes all of the impact in the world um, to really just helping you be empowered. Um, and that's the last one is being uncomfortable and saying no. That sucks. It's not fun. It can be really hard, but it's necessary, and it can happen from time to time, and I don't think that's a big deal. Um, I think that's part of it. That's part of life. We have to be comfortable being uncomfortable and making those statements, um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it's for our quality of life, for everybody else's around us, quality of life, family, student-athletic trainers, and the like. So it is important to make sure that we aren't afraid to utilize that word um, from time to time. Again, just some thoughts on this, something I've continued to expand on and think on myself and how it can help empower 
people and just make it that the profession can still have long hours and everything like that. And a lot of us embrace that and enjoy that. And that's not a bad thing, but also to make sure that we're able to keep it in check and not go to a place where we don't have any input and in what's going on. So it's a little athletic training short. Again, the full blog post, kind of a little bit more detail about what we just talked about is at athletictrainingchat.com. Um, if you got ideas on this, thoughts on this, comment on some of the social media. Um, we'll have it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'd love to hear people's thoughts on this. If there's other avenues they've gone and used, other things that have worked, um, if you completely disagree, we would happily have that conversation to just understand more why and um, take the conversation from there. So with that, hope you enjoyed this, and we'll catch you on the next one.